Good morning. Happy New Year. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, as we are in your presence, Lord, we thank you for the time this morning in your worship. But Lord, we ask today, over these next few moments, in your word, may it spring forth life into our lives. May it spring forth life into our minds and our hearts. Lord, that we can do what you've called us to do this year. But Lord, that it will not, we do not forsake this year, but Lord, we need to, there are things in our lives, there are things in our church lives, there are things that are going on that we need to let go and move on with you. There are things that held us back, Father, in our walk, and we need to let go and move on with you. So, Lord, I pray, may it not be my words this morning, but be your words. May your anointing touch our hearts, our ears, and our minds today. Pull back to the heavenlies, Lord God, and let us see what you have in store for us for 2023. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory this morning, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again, and welcome to 2023. Like, what happened to 2022? <laughs> we blinked our eyes, and it was gone. So, well, I want to pray blessings over you guys for this year as we step into it. I, I believe that God has called us to, to search out. I think he has a word for each one of us. I think he has a statement for each of us as we enter new, new beginnings. And 2023 is a new beginning. And so I want to encourage you, seek after God. Use these 21 days to find out what he is speaking to you and, and what he is speaking over this house. So if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 9, we'll pick up on verse 57. How many of you, if you haven't, if you haven't had a chance, look into the, the YouVersion app and you'll see my notes there under events. If you just go there, you can follow along with my notes that I have for the service. But how many of you ever go to a traffic light and you're sitting there all of a sudden, it turns green and no cars move. The car at the beginning just sits there. And you don't want to be rude. You don't want to, to draw attention to them. But in your spirit, or maybe it's just me, in my spirit, I want to lay on the horn and just bonk, bonk, and kind of get them, you know, get them moving. And how many of you know, you look up and you see they're looking on their phone, they're kind of maybe checking their social media, and that, that, life, that light cycle's not very long, and if you're in a hurry, it can get frustrating. How many of you know our, our spiritual journey is that way sometimes? We pull up, we come to church on Sundays, and we're just looking down. We're not paying attention to what's going on around us. We're not paying attention to what God has in store for us. So as your pastor, there, there are things that I think he's called us to do. Your pastors here pray and war over you. They war over you spiritually. They war over you and your families. And there comes a time, and I think throughout the year, we, we might hit that horn a little bit and go beep, beep. But there comes a time, I think, that we need to hit that horn and lay on that horn and go wonk, wonk, and let you know it's time 
it's time to move on, it's time to let go. And I, I think today, we need to do, the light is green. We're in a new season, we're in a new day, we're in a new week, a new month, a new year. And we can enter 2023 the same way we entered 2022 and nothing changes. How many of you look back at your life and without maybe some bad circumstances or some good circumstances, your life is pretty much the same thing. Spiritually, you haven't grown. Mentally, maybe you haven't grown and you haven't allowed God to stretch you. Well, sometimes I want to tell you, church, it's time to let go. And let's go. Let's go with what God has. So I want to read with you this passage this morning, if you'll begin with me. And this is Jesus. He says, verse 57, on the road, someone asked if he, could, if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt. Now I'm reading from the, mission, from the message version. I'll tell you, I know a lot of people love this. I do too. But it's not the Bible. Message is a paraphrase of the Bible. It's someone that paraphrases it. And there are some good things there, but it is not a Bible per se. I want you to understand that so that way, if this is something you're reading on a daily basis, there are some things I, I love about it, and there's other things, eh, maybe not so much, but this is just a paraphrase. But the, I love this portion here. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. Verse 59, he said, Certainly, but first, excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First, thing, first things first, your business is life, not death. Church, he's speaking to us. First things first, our business is life, not death. We, we curse our own lives and the way we speak and our self-talk over things. But life is who, what Christ came to give us and to give us more abundantly. First things first, you, you, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Can I get the AV team to raise these lights back up here. Thank you. Put too much darkness on the <laughs> notes. And in verse six, 62, he says, Jesus says, and listen to this, no procrastination. How many of you, when God begins to speak to you, are there things you know that God has pushed upon you and you procrastinate? Well, I don't know. I need to go in prayer on it, but God just spoke to you. Why do you need to pray about it? When God begins to press upon you and you feel in your spirit you need to move in a certain direction, but I just don't know if that's the right. Am I hearing God or is it pizza last night? <laughs> Too many of us that choose the latter. But Jesus speaks to us. And he speaks to us in our walk, but too many of us procrastinate. He goes on and says, no backward looks. Too many of us are looking at the light in our rearview mirror for the things that are in the past instead of looking at the light and focusing on where God wants us to go. And we have a view of that, of that rear view mirror. 
We constantly talk about the bad things that happen. We constantly give the enemy the glory. We constantly refer to all those situations. Instead of saying, it was Jesus that brought me out of them, it was Jesus that saved me, it was Jesus that set me free, I am no longer that person in the mirror and that backwards look. I am looking forward and Jesus is there with me. No backwards look. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. He ends it by saying, seize the day. There's always something that keeps us from being the best version of ourselves. Today we have an opportunity, as I said, today is a new beginning. It's a new month, it's a new year, it's a new week. We have an opportunity to set the course straight. So let's go. You know, there was a song, I, I was one that stayed up past midnight last night. I wasn't watching all the music and the New Year stuff coming in, but I was watching the football game. I know that shocks some of you. But... <laughs> But I, I made a promise to God. I was like, Lord, when midnight gets here, I want to stop, and I'm gonna, I just want to bring in the new year in prayer. And we got to about three minutes till midnight, and we're about 45 seconds away in that game of finishing up, and it was a close game. It was a good game. And God just kept knocking. What's the promise you made? Like, oh, Lord, there's 45 seconds. So I turned the game off. I know that might shock some of you too. And I stopped and I prayed. And I don't say that to, to pat my shoulders. I said that because there's things that we all have to give up. And if you know me, I love watching football. But there's things that are more important as we move into a new year. It's setting that year on, on course with God. You know, we, a lot of them sang songs last night. Some of you might know it, Old Lang Syne. It says there, should old Lang Syne acquaintances be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintances be forgot and days old Lang Syne? That song is about what should stay and what should go in our lives as we come into a new year. How much thought have you given to what you want to bring into 2023, or how much of thought have you given to what you want to leave behind in 2022? 2022 is dead and gone. 2023 is ahead of us. The whole year is a canvas that we begin to write. So I think there's three things we need to learn to move on from. The first one is from our old history. How many of you know you have history? Okay, every one of us in this room are having history. Some of us are being tied to our history. Maybe it's, maybe it's a bad divorce or is there a really good divorce? Sorry. <laughs> but some of us are tied to that divorce. Or maybe it's financial issues and bankruptcies or health issues that just keep nagging at us. Or maybe it's that one thing that causes you to constantly look back on. It's that one thing in the midst of all your stress, in the midst of all your anxiety that the enemy brings up every time. And, you, and instead of feeling like that warrior, you feel like that whiner and you just want to go and, cut and crawl inside of a hole because it's the enemy attacking us. And I think there's times we need to let that go. And I know those times are really tough and they're kind of tragic but God said there's a time to let it go. Listen to what Isaiah says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. 
See, I'm doing a good, a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not, do you not perceive it? He's telling us here, do you not see what's going on? That's what I'm saying. We have to keep our focus on the future. We have to keep our focus on the green light. We have to keep our focus on Jesus because if we're not careful, we miss the things that God's trying to do. And that's why he says here, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're so fixated on the bad, we're so fixated on things not going right that the enemy's got us derailed. And God's saying, just focus on me. Because when you focus on me, you're going to see all the blessings I have in store for you. You're going to see all the good things. The second thing is we need to move on from old habits. I'm right there with you. These 21 days of prayer is about severing some of those old habits and some of those things that need to go in our lives. There are things that we've allowed into our lives over these last few years. I think, I think the, the culture has allowed fear to come into our lives so greatly. We get fearful of every little thing, and I think that's a direct attack from the enemy. But we've allowed certain things and habits to go Maybe it's too much time on our phones or too much time on the computer. Maybe it's that we've gotten lazy in our language and we don't realize how we're speaking to ourselves. And those habits are not allowing God to be glorified through our actions that we do. So as I said, we're entering, and Pastor said too, we're entering 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's about submitting these things in prayer and fasting so that they will not control our lives. See, so many people look at fasting as a way, do I have to give up food? We need to look beyond that. It's not just food we give up. You pick and choose. Don't be legalistic. Pick and choose what you need to give up. Some of us, it it may be social media. Some of us, it might be our time with TV. Some of us, it might just be hanging out with some people that we know that we shouldn't allow into our lives that are dragging us down. Fasting is not punishment. It's submitting yourself to God to become the best version he has for you. And it's through that time of prayer and fasting that we break all those strongholds. Listen to what Isaiah continues to say here. He said, is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loosen the chains? How many of you know that those habits, those things that we have in our lives that that keep us in their strongholds, that keep us from being that that person that God wants us to be, are chains that ensnare us. We don't perceive it because our focus is not on him. Our focus is on ourselves, or maybe it's on the things around us. To loosen those chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. God wants us to move on from those old habits. The third thing is he wants us to move on from old hurts. And I think this is so prevalent with so many people. We, we allow our hurts, our disappointments in life to really ensnare us and control what God has in store for us. God has a future for every one of us. Just because you're a certain age, young or old, doesn't mean God's done with you. Look at Moses at at 80, God began to call him into a different ministry. And you look at Daniel and the three 
Hebrew children or young men were young, youthful men. God called them at different times to lead. He's not done with you as long as you're not done with him and you begin to serve him. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if any is in Christ, the new creation has come. How many of you are new creatures? You accept Jesus into your heart. He says, I am a new creation. The old has gone. The what has gone? Say that again. The old. the old. That old nature has gone. Some of us have come to Jesus, and we haven't allowed that old nature to go. We still think we can walk the walk with God by doing the things we did in the past, but what brought us to God is the disappointment of those things in the past and that God has something greater in store. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us from himself through Christ. That word reconcile means that he's brought the balance to zero. We don't owe him nothing. Why? Because he chose that way. We owe him everything, but he's, brought, uh, he's reconciled every one of our past sins, every past defeat, every hurt that we've had. He's reconciled and brought that reconciliation to zero. We praise him for that, and we don't forget that. See, I think this is something real important, and I want you to think about this, is that I cannot start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the old chapter. And too many of us keep rereading the old chapter of our lives. We keep going back and, and thinking, maybe those were the good old days, but they really weren't. Why did you come to Jesus in the first place? My goal for the 21 days of prayer is to find Jesus like I found him at age 18 when I was on fire, when it was burning in my spirit and I was chasing after him on a daily basis and I was running after him with abandonment. Why? It's because that's the life he's called us to have. Everything else, what we, what we don't understand with our earthly minds is that if we do that, everything that we want, everything that God gets, the desires he's given us will fall in place. So we don't have to be fearful of, of, of missing out on something. We can chase after him. It's time, church, to make a change. So let's go. Matthew says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. See, Jesus demonstrated to us, even though he was sinless, he still went to John for baptism. Why? To demonstrate to us there's a new beginning. That was the new beginning of his earthly ministry we saw. And he, and, and he tells us in there that we need to repent. That repent seems to be a dirty word these days. This means to change our thinking. If we come to Jesus and the way we, from the old, if we don't change our thinking and we don't change the way we do things, we still do the same things that got us in trouble in the first place. That repent means, Lord, yes, they're, 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 it's tough. And yes, it's going to be hard. And yes, there's going to be some times crying before the Lord because it's painful. But let me tell you something. That's because the enemy is trying to do whatever he can to hold on to that for you. And you have to let it go. That word, repent, just change our thinking. Going into 2023, we need to change our thinking. 
and how what we, what we accept from the Lord, what we want to do in the, in the Lord, what we want to accomplish in the Lord. The problem with most of us, or a lot of people, is that God's not the king of their life. They are. And there comes a point in time in our walk that we put God, that we've taken God off the throne and put ourselves on the throne because I know better. My earthly wisdom is so much better than God's. My earthly wisdom will never fail me. My earthly wisdom will never, never let me down. I'm just too smart for that. And I've been there and I've done that and I've failed. But when I find that I've placed Christ on the throne and I say, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. That means every decision, everything I have, I submit it over to you and I walk with you. So I think it's time for a change, church. And I just got a few things that I want to mention to you and how we can change our life. As we head into these 21 days of prayer, first one is it's time to get closer to God. How many of you have that as a goal for, for 2023? It's 21 days of prayer is a way that we start to get closer to God. Daily Bible reading is a way. We, can, we, don't, we cannot know who Jesus is if we do not read the book about Jesus. We cannot know what God is thinking and what God wants for our life if we don't read the, the, the owner's manual that he put together for us. We look at, we read too many other things, and yet we do not dedicate ourselves to his, to wor his word. I, I need this daily in my life. Why? It's because there's so much junk coming at me into my mind each and every day that are flying into my eyes, what I read, what I see, what I hear. And it's the reading of the Word of God that, to me, that, that straightens that out and allows me to think with clarity in what he has for us. James says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. How many of you know we're all sinners? Saved by grace, okay? Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That is the biggest issue with so many people these days, is that they, they, they want to serve God, but they want to serve the things of this world. It's too enticing with the things that are going on. I don't want to miss out. If I, if I give everything over to God, then all my fun goes away. If I give and start to search after God, then I'm doing something that I'm going to miss out on, and you know what? All my friends are going to get it. And they're going to be the ones enjoying it. You know what I remember from my teenage years of thinking that? That I remember as I got into my 30s, some of those buddies of mine had passed away because they got drunk one night and lost control of their vehicle or got drunk one night and were on top of their roof and fell off their roof or were high one night because they took too many pills and they passed away. And it left them empty. Well, I can control that, Pastor. I'll tell you something, if you can, you need to tell me the secret. Because there's, there's too many things in this world that are coming at me. And it's time we let go of that. The second thing is time to get honest with a friend. How many of you know you've got friends around you, maybe that don't serve God, but it's time to be honest with them. 
It's time to, to ask them to be part of your life. It's time that you have a, a Christian friend that will be accountable to you and you accountable to them. I know that's a dirty word in this society, but accountability means that someone's looking out for me. Mine is my, my pastor, but also my brother. He doesn't hesitate. I know sometimes he calls me in that office. Uh-oh, Lord, what am I done now? But it's also a time of building up, not just a time of tearing down. It's a, build, a building accountability. And he allows me to do the same thing in his life. That's what it's all about. That's why we, we have life groups that kick off next month because it's so important that the life groups allow life. People in, in our church get together in these small groups. It's not about what we study. It's not about the books we read or the items we do or the activities we do. It's about connecting with other believers and building that relationship so when you, when you go through those rough moments, you have someone to turn to. We're all called to be pastors. The Bible is really clear about that. We're all his disciples. And it's our job to minister and to love on each other. James says, confess your sins to each other. He didn't say confess your sins to, to him, did he? He says, confess your sins to one another. Why? Because there's accountability. We open up the altars in a few minutes, and we're going to come down, and we'll all pray. And there's times that we confess our sins at those altars. Why? Because it's in silence and no one knows. What happens when we confess them to someone that we're close to? They're going to look out for you. They're going to check on you to make sure you're doing okay. That's what God set up our lives to be like. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So they didn't say so you may be embarrassed. He didn't say that so that you may, that you may feel awkward around that. He said that you may be healed when we share the good news, when we share the, the, what we struggle, when we share those sins with each other. It's a healing. Why? It's because when we do them in secret, the enemy sits there and does no one knows about that. So if they found out, what are you going to do? And every time you do something good, the enemy goes, you know what? They don't know that dirty little secret about you. So they're, they're, they're going to be disappointed. They're going to run away. They're going to leave you. And Jesus is going, no, go to your friend. Confess it to them. Why is that the enemy doesn't have that to hang over you? That's the healing power. There's accountability in that. Third thing, it's time to get in tune with my purpose and passions. That's why we, we feel it's so important to be part of our, uh, our growth track and go through our growth track. We'll start next week with step one, and we go through step three, two and three, and then you can join into a dream team. Why? It's because our whole purpose as a church is to dig in and allow you to find those passions that you have, that God has for you, and the purpose. The greatest day in our life, there are two great days in life, the day that we find Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and the second day is when we find the purpose that he created us to do. So many of us run from finding that purpose, and I don't know why the enemy holds that back, because when we, we release that purpose, there's a passion that we have to chase after God. Galatians says, if anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to one another. That's why it's important 
Too many of us sit there and go, you know, I wish I had what they had. I wish I could be like what they do. God's saying, I created you individually. I created you with your own passion, with your own desires. Seek after me. Run to me. Maybe 2023 is the year that that purpose and that passion comes out. The fourth one is, it's time to get doing something greater than myself. Too many of us don't serve. We don't do things. And I think it's all about us. We work really hard and we're chasing that dollar. But in the end of the day, we're really not doing something that matters to God. He wants us, I think, to be happy. He wants us to be satisfied and financially, I think, independent. But he wants us to do the greater thing for him. Because in the midst of that, we find something greater and we begin to touch the lives of those around us. John Maxwell says, if I dedicate my life in something greater than myself, God will fill my life with passion and, and, and adventure. Why? It's because we have to find that greater purpose. And that, to me, is going after God, seeking after him. I want to leave you with this. I can't go back and change the beginning. How many of you know that? How many of you ever thought about that? If I could just go back to this time and change the beginning, but we, but we can't. But I can start where I am today and change my ending. We can rewrite that book. Look at how many people through the years have, have done things, stupid things, and the media has blown it up, yet they've come back and they, they've changed themselves. I think of Richard Nixon's henchman that he had on his, part of his cabinet that was the big purpose, purpose behind the Watergate hearings. Chuck Colson was his name. Spent years in prison. He realized what he did wrong. And you know what? While he was in prison, he realized he had a ministry ahead of him. And he began to plant ministries in all these prisons as he got out. And he began to speak life into individuals that think that they're dead. How many of you know we have people in our prisons that think that God will never hear from them, God will never speak to them because of what they've done in their past? And when we, when we allow that to happen, that's on us, church, that we don't share that good news. We can teach them. God can change their ending because he's given us life. We've, everyone should have gotten a communion cup as you came in today. I'm gonna ask you just to open it up and take out the little wafer that's in there. If you don't have one, just raise your hands and our team will make sure we get them to you. Corinthians tells us why we take communion is we do this in remembrance of Christ. How do we realize that the light is green when our focus and God wants us to move ahead is because of what the work that was done on the cross that broke the bonds for us that we no longer are held to our past. So he tells us that the brokenness of his body we take in remembrance and we take the way from
and he tells us the cup, the cup of his blood. We do this in remembrance of him, but in, in his blood there's life, church. Yes, he shed his blood for you and I. Why? Because it gives us life. It gives us eternal life. We're no longer held to the things of our past and the tortures of our mind from the enemy. Will you take of the communion? I ask if you'll bow your heads with me. Father, I pray over our congregation today. I pray over those, Lord, you know everyone that is here. You know where they've come from. You know where their lives have been. You know those that have realized their passions, those that have just stopped in their walk and not pursuing you. Lord, I pray, touch them right now. Speak to them right now. I'm going to ask you, just keep your heads bowed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and you want two, 2023, be not just the another year, but begin to write your story, your ending. And you want this to be the most fruitful year spiritually that you have and you want to chase after God, no one look around. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hands up so I can keep hearing my prayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Will you stand with me? Father God, you saw those hands go up. You saw those hearts. Lord, you know the people that want to seek after you, run after you, and chase after you, Lord God, this year. We pray over these 21 days, Lord God, this will be the year where we're bondage is broken, the chains are taken off, and we are set free to move ahead and to do things that you've called us to do. I speak life over this congregation today. I speak joy over this congregation today. Where the enemy has come in to take their life, you have given it back to them. Where the enemy has come in to take their joy, Father, you have replaced it because of what you did on the cross for each one of us. May this 21 days of prayer not just be going through the motion, but this 21 days, may everyone that's in this room chase after you with abandonment like we never have before. Move in us, Father. Press upon us today, Lord God. Church, I'm going to ask one last thing before I close. I'm going to ask if this... Let's begin our new year. Let's begin our 21 days. Those of you that, that want to see God move in a different way in your life, you want to see God move in the freedom that he has in store for you, you want to see God bring you to that next level, it takes work on our part to chase after him. We're going to leave these altars open. I want to encourage you, step out of your seats. Dare to believe. Dare to believe. I think some of us are held back on our, sitting in our seats because we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. But let me tell you something. Change begins to happen when we take a step towards Jesus and we begin to move to him and he begins to set us free. He begins to lift us up. So, Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, as we close out our time with you, 
Move in us, Lord God, like you've never moved before. Fill these altars, Lord God. We dedicate this time. We dedicate this year to you. May you receive the praise, the honor, and the glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, let's take a time and let's get around these altars. Let's worship him this morning and let's feel what God began to do today. Amen.